It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your good podcast from. Hey, it's a Wednesday morning. We're rocking through November, already the ninth day for November for 2022. Lots of commentary about the houses that didn't sell on the block on Sunday night. What's the solution for the contestants here? And should there, just throwing this up, should there be a minimum that a contestant walks away with? Given that there is a reserve on the houses, should there be a minimum amount paid, like let's say $50,000 each to the contestants? Because the contestants are not the ones setting the reserve. They have no control over that, which ultimately dictates the starting point of profits to be made by the contestants. So what do you think about that, Fabian? Yeah, good good one, Craig. And it's an interesting topic. It's also a bit controversial, I think. I just think the auctions needed to be treated traditionally. And I think the contestants also need to be treated as, as if they're the sellers of the property and liaising with their agent about a strategic reserve for the auction, just as you would with a normal auction. And I think a lot of the auctioneers, unfortunately, were, were sort of, you know, made out to look a little bit silly with the way the, you know, the results panned out with most of the auctions, given the fact that the reserves were set so high. And the problem there is they were blown out reserves, you know, a lot of the money had to be recouped back from building and material costs, which as we know, have been astronomical over the last 12 months. That unfortunately didn't help with the results. So I just think they've got to treat them as a traditional auction. Uh, And also if we combat that as well, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have the contestants potentially winning maybe some more prize money during the course of their tenure on the block before auction day. So there's not so much pressure added. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. All right, let's have a look at your weather on this Wednesday morning around Australia. First we go to Sydney. Good morning to you. You are going to be bathing in sunshine with blue skies and 24 degrees. In Melbourne today, also the blue skies and 29 is your forecast high sunshine and 27 in Brisbane and partly cloudy but mainly dry in Perth today and your high of 24 degrees so looking nice and fine right around the country It's your weekday real estate breakfast with news, interviews and predictions every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. Let's talk Melbourne Property and Auctions, a podcast series with Fabian Sinelli. So we've been talking about the block. More bidders would have been better, no doubt about that. So how do you do that? How do you attract more bidders come auction time? Well, let's have a look at the Melbourne auction update with our man on the spot in Melbourne, Fabian Sinelli. He is the Managing Director and Auctioneer from EYS Auctions. And welcome back, Fabian. Good morning, Craig. Good to be here again. Yeah, so firstly, let's have a look at the first step in ensuring that inspection numbers are strong because obviously the more that come through, the more bidders will attend on auction day. 
Yeah, you're not wrong, Craig. Well, I think it all starts with the advertised price firstly, and I think buyers need to be entering into a logical mindset first before they start to really get emotional with their bidding on auction day. And what's important though is that they need to be excited from the onset that the property is within their budget and priced at a level that makes sense to buy. Now, once they're comfortable with that, it's easy to hold them till auction day. There's a horrible misconception at the moment with properties that are going really well and are severely underquoted, and I am not suggesting to do that at all because that is unethical and actually illegal. But what we need to understand is that in order to get the property priced at an excited level for the buyer, that is paramount to making sure that they are excited first before they get that emotional bidding being sparked. And how you do that is to understand with your sellers that the market expectations have severely dropped within the last 12 months. So advertised prices for, for properties, it's one thing to look at comparable sales. What a lot of agents aren't doing is factoring in the current market conditions and where buyers would see value in those properties based on how much that particular property has dropped in value. So you've got to find the percentage drop in that suburb and then go, right, we need to now factor that into our auction campaign because that's how we're going to make sure our buyers truly understand there's still value behind this property. Yes, good points. And agents, of course, they play a key role when dealing with buyers with the lead up to an auction. So what can an agent do to help their buyers to be fully engaged, I guess, on auction day? Well, unfortunately, the average agent only communicates with their buyers over a four-week auction campaign four times. Now, that is absolutely unacceptable if you think that buyer is going to turn up on auction day. Every bit of communication is paramount in ensuring that the buyers are captivated or magnetized to the auction. So agents need to make sure that their communication is ramped up because your relationships with your buyers is equally, if not more important than your sellers for an auction campaign. A general rule of thumb I have is that in order for a buyer to be magnetized to an auction campaign, they need the agent to be communicating with them at least a dozen times over the course of the four-week auction campaign. And it's easy to do this than you think. It could be a simple up in regards to interested parties, a contract request, what were the settlement and deposit terms if they're successful, or a really good one is a bidder has dropped off. We could even let them know that the vendor's motivation has increased. It can literally be anything. So you see, there are so many reasons we can contact a prospective bidder and finding 12 is super easy. If you follow that method and sequence of events for all your auction campaigns, you can be sure that your buyers will feel comfortable knowing that they've built a relationship with the agent and they will feel more comfortable and empowered to be in a stronger position on auction day. They have been kept updated in the loop, and because of that, they will feel like the agent is trying to help them be successful on the day. It removes the stigma of agents being sleazy salespeople, and if you show a niceness and a willingness and care to help your prospective bidders, they will in return give you what you need for results, and that will be more competitive and aggressive bidding. You've probably right now got a lot of agents thinking to themselves, now, how many points have I had with contacting vendors over this campaign? The other thing to sort of keep in mind here too are other listings, because as you're running through a campaign, there are other listings that are coming up during it, which can be diverting a buyer's attention into another area that you don't want them to be. So how do you keep them staying on point with your particular? Particular property. 
Well, they just need a reason to feel that they are in a great position to be buying the property that you're trying to sell them on their terms. And a great way to do this is to flip the reserve question to the buyers that are interested. So what I tell my agents to do is the week leading into the auction, let them know that the vendors have specifically asked of that buyer where the reserve needs to be set on auction day for them to be there to buy their property. So that will increase and I guess give them a sense of empowerment and magnetize them to the auction. If they feel that their response is going to impact the vendors in relation to where they set the reserve, then they will be more inclined to turn up to that auction given that that's a very unique and specific question that most agents would not ask. Now, it's also important to note that whatever response the buyers give the agent, they need to be told that there is no guarantee the reserve will be set at that level. But what it will do is highly influence the seller in regards to where they choose to set the reserve price on auction day. Yeah, that's interesting. And preparation, as we know, is always the key when bidders attend an auction. So how can they be even more better prepared to ensure that their bidding is going to be successful? Well, a lot of agents and auctioneers won't do this, but I think this is how you can really ramp it up and actually add another layer of security to your auction campaigns. But I think it would be great if auctioneers engaged with conversations with prospective buyers leading into the auction. It's a great way to ensure that the bidders are prepared for the actual auction. If the auctioneer builds rapport with the registered bidders, then it will be easier to extract those bids on auction day, knowing that the ice has already been broken between auctioneer and buyer. It's important to even let the bidders know that the auctioneer may be placing vendor bids against them if bidding isn't at a substantial level. And that way the buyers aren't dealt with any last minute or nasty surprises. Really important to pre-frame what could happen at auction day. So they are going in with a much more prepared mindset. It could also be a really good idea to, to let them know of the possible scenarios that could play out at the auction. So if one of those scenarios do prevail, they're in a better and more prepared position to potentially bid uh, higher than they anticipated or to be prepared for post-auction negotiation. And lastly, I can't stress how important it is to make sure that the auction is kicked off with an opening bid to spark the auction from the onset. The worst thing that could happen, and we saw it at the block auctions, is that, and we've all seen it before, when the auctioneer asks for an opening bid and there's just crickets. If a bid is fired off instantly from the moment the auctioneer asks, they automatically validate social proof that the property is wanted in the marketplace. That in return makes all the other prospective bidders have to act super quickly and suddenly you've got an auction. Suddenly it's on. Yeah, the starter's gun has gone off. All right, well, lots of great information coming through there for vendors and buyers, Fabian. I'll let you get on with your Wednesday morning. Thanks for coming back onto the Real Estate Podcast. Thank you, Craig. I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.